All right, welcome back to Schneider Arena on the campus of Providence College. Mike Macknick, John Leahy with you. The score at the end of two periods. Providence leads Merrimack one to nothing. Our guest here for this intermission is Mike McMahon of the Eagle Tribune and WarriorRinkRat.com, where he is live blogging the game. And, uh, well, Mike, as uh, we take a look at what's happened in the first two periods of this one, the first 40 minutes, I don't think that uh, it could have been scripted much better for the Friars, perhaps with the exception of getting one or two more goals. But they, they have played very well in this first 40 minutes so far. Yeah, I think they've made Merrimack look arguably the worst that they've looked all year. I mean, you just look at the puck pressure that they've had. You know, Merrimack hasn't been able to get anything going, uh, especially just just passes. I mean, you know, flying passes that are getting intercepted. All that Providence has intercepted a whole lot of passes. Uh, just really has disrupted anything they, that they've done offensively that we've seen them do offensively throughout the year. Uh, when you get down to the end of the zone, Merrimack hasn't been able to hold any pressure because more often than not, you're seeing turnovers in the offensive zone, and Providence takes the puck back about. Seems like there's been more space than we're used to seeing. I mean, one one of the hallmarks I think of this Merrimack club early on is that they they move the puck quickly, good, crisp, short, clean passes, and they for whatever reason haven't been able to do that in this game so far. Yeah, you know, it seems like it's really. I don't know the puck is really bouncy. I don't know if it's the boards or it just seems like you know, on both sides. You know, when Providence is moving the puck too, it's real bouncy, and it plays a part in it. But you know, both teams certainly have to deal with the same thing. So uh, it's just one of those things where I think you know Providence has probably pressured Merrimack forward more than I think really any other team has this year. Uh, and, and you go into a game, you're looking after this game going into next weekend against BU, who could be the team that puts the most pressure on the puck out of any team in the league. So uh, it's something they've got to get used to. But you know, I, think, I think a lot of it just comes down to puck pressure. You know, they're not really giving them any time of space at all. They're really paying attention to the stretch guy and, and really haven't been able to find any help with also interesting to me that when they dump the puck into the zone, Providence, you can tell they've been coached very well here to move the puck quickly up ice. They know about the Merrimack forecheck. I mean, it was talked about a lot this past week. I'm sure everybody knows about it after what happened with BC, and BC got it out there that, hey, Merrimack's doing a pretty good job on the forecheck here this year, and Providence knows that one way to counter that is, is get the puck out of the zone quickly, and they have done that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, again, it's just been taking away what, what Merrimack's been able to do well all year, uh, which is move the puck, especially in the zone. I mean, even there were times this year, I could see like a of calls last week where I thought Merrimack was moving the puck, but they're on a hard one. Uh, but Providence has just taken everything away that they've been able to do successfully all year. So the question then becomes, what do they have to do? Obviously, adjustments are needed. We thought we might see some after the first period. And the second period, I thought, ended up being more like the first than not. And uh, if anything... That goal that Providence got with five and a half minutes to go in the period seemed to be the one thing that finally sparked Merrimack to, to change something, and, and they started getting more chances in the final five minutes of the period. Yeah, I thought Madsen's line right after Providence scored was probably the best shit that they had of the night. They had a, a scoring chance down along the circle, uh, but they, they certainly had more chances after that. They were able to hold his own a little better, and like you said, you know, I wonder if that's that could be the thing that certainly wakes them up. You know, it, it seems like... Uh, for the first 30 or so minutes, there were times where, I mean, they looked like they were sleepwalking there for the first 30 minutes or so. All right, we're talking with Mike, Mann from the, Mike McMahon from the Eagle Tribune and from WarriorRinkRat.com. And, Mike, uh, your column this week, uh, you had uh, a nice piece about uh, Fraser Allen. Uh, tell us a little about what you found out there. Uh, I found out that he's probably the toughest kid that I've ever met. <laughs> uh, I think he's had four, he told me he's had four knee surgeries, two ACL reconstructions, and this last one was supposed to be a meniscal repair of the meniscus cartilage in his I believe it's his left knee, I could be wrong. Uh, but meniscal repair in his knee, and they went in there and said, you know what, it's so bad, we're just going to take out a piece of it. So he <laughs> part of his knee's bone on bone, which isn't the best thing in the world, but uh, just a, a kid that's been here 
for three plus years now and, and has been hurt for most of it. You know, I, I think back to his sophomore year where Coach Denny, I talked to him at the end of the year and he said he's been playing, this was sophomore year, he had played 30 or something games for me that needed surgery because they had six defensemen and that was it. There was, there was really no other choice. So he's a guy that, that really, it's sort of a funny story how he ended up here too, which is teams were looking at him, he had his first ACL reconstruction, teams had backed off, and then, you know, Merrimack was short of defensemen going into his freshman year. Mark didn't call him until sometime around July, I think it was, and, and he ended up here visiting in August and committed really late in the game. I remember he was actually the last recruit to commit to any school that year. He was the latest recruit out of any school to commit that year. Uh, and, he, and he came in and he played like, like 32 games as a freshman, so he came in and played right away and, and has played pretty much ever since and it really hasn't been helping at all. Yeah, it's amazing to me that, that, that this guy has played as many games as he has given how hurt he has been. And, and of course, he's not in the lineup tonight. They're trying to give him a little bit extra rest. Uh, he didn't play in the game against Sweden on Tuesday either, uh, hoping that maybe he might be able to go again uh, uh, today. But, but, but what do you see? Is he going to be pretty much a game-time decision uh, the rest of the way, or, or at least in the near future? Uh, I think that's part of it, yeah. You know, those knees are, are certainly tricky. Uh, you get sometimes, I don't know, sometimes you wake up, they feel fine. Sometimes you wake up, and it's a rainy day like it is today here, you know, in, in the Northeast, and, and, it, and it can act up, and you can get sore, uh, get a little weak. So I think it's going to be a game-time decision, on, on most games anyway. And, uh, even if he's penciled in the lineup, you got to sort of touch and go. But certainly, I mean, if he could go, they're going to put him out there because I think he's one of the best defensemen. You know, I, I think back to Cam Neely when he was in uh, his uh, final years with the Bruins and, and suffering through all of the injuries that he had, uh, the, the, the hip, the knee, everything else. And, and I, I remember it being said that he gave the team a lift because just by being out on the ice because the other guys would see him out there and know everything that he had to go through. And they could not jump over the boards and not give at least 100% or give 100% on their own and come back to the and come back to the bench after a shift in which he didn't give 100% and face him on the bench. I mean, you feel it seems as though when when he was in the lineup against Boston College, you saw the same kind of effort I think last weekend, or at least from the other guys on the. I'm not saying that it's necessarily exactly the same kind of thing, but but you got to think that a guy like that, especially seeing when he's out there, that he. he in a way like that, an intangible way where the other guys know that uh, you've got to play at least as hard as this guy is because you have no excuse. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you see it. I, I know you saw it last year too, especially when Matt Lewis was able to, to get up there and play. I mean, here's the same thing with Frazier. Just had more knee surgeries than you can count on one hand. And, and to get up there and, and suit it up at as high a level as this is and go out there against teams, fast teams like Boston College and Boston University and, and know, I mean, if you're one of his teammates, whether it was Matt last year or Frazier this year, I mean, you pretty much know if they play in a game on a Friday night, they're going to have a hard time walking on Saturday. Uh, but they're willing to go out there and do it if it means they can win a hockey game. So, yeah, I, absolutely. I think you can't go back and, and face a guy like that knowing that, you know, if you don't go out there and put your best, best effort on the ice, then you're going to have to go back and stare a guy in the face. And literally, his footing, I mean, he's going to have trouble when he gets older in life. He, he said it to me. He said, you know, when I get older, I'm going to have trouble with my knees. That's just the way it is. But he's willing to sacrifice. What else do you have in the column this week? Uh, we talked to Coach Denny a little bit about what they learned from the, from the Sweden team. The Sweden team, which I didn't know until Tuesday, was actually living on campus. They were living in some of the dorms and had been practicing there. Uh, they left, I think, today. They're playing Williams College tonight and UMass Amherst tomorrow. Uh, but they took some drills from watching that Sweden team practice, and they noticed that 
they practice a lot shorter. They only go for about an hour, but they go fast. And I think that's, that's reflective in the way they play. I mean, they were one of the fastest teams I think that, that, that we're going to see this year. Just in terms of, I mean, away from the puck, on the puck, they were just fast at everything they did. Even coming over the boards, I mean, on the penalty kill, I remember that, that, that Sweden game on Tuesday, they created a chance for themselves the penalty kill just by helping over the boards and, and getting right into the play. Attacking, you know, four-checking. Two, two four-checkers in a penalty kill, which usually you don't see. And they were just fast with everything they did. All right, Mike, it's good to see you as always. Uh, third period here, what do we see? Uh, I think you got to see Merrimack make some sort of adjustment for sure. I think, uh, you know, you've got to do something to break that pressure. I don't know what that is. You know, I don't know if that's something as simple as maybe you dump the puck a little more and try to get the puck behind their defenseman. Maybe get get it away from the guys hitting you in the face as you come, come through the neutral zone and hit the blue line. Uh, I, I know some teams have done that in the past against Boston University. And Merrimack tried to do that against Boston University. Just even if it's just chipping the pucks on the board, get it behind the defenseman so those guys aren't up in your face. You can get the puck behind the defenseman, especially with the speed they have, the face, the fly, with some of these lines of sheen. I mean, if they can get a puck behind the defenseman and then sneak a body behind them, you're going to create chances for yourself. All right, Mike, great to see you as always. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Mike. Mike McMahon, EagleTribune.com, and the Lawrence Eagle Tribune. Also, WarriorRinkRat.com has been our guest here during the second and third periods of the score. Providence 1, Merrimack nothing.